Good morning. My name is Heather. I will be reading the scripture for you this morning, the exciting news, also called the Great Commission. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. everyone or if you are skipping ahead um, on the YouTube recording hello whatever time of day it is in case you missed it my name is Sarah and I am the minister of children youth and families here at st. George's United Church I'll be honest this is my first time staying in service past when the kids are dismissed so if you are a newcomer welcome I'm new as well I've been at St. George's since September, and uh, I am preparing to go away again for the summer soon. But I am so excited to have the opportunity to be sharing this morning. It's my first time preaching here at St. George's, though I've had the opportunity to share many other times. In fact, the first time that I had the opportunity to speak at a church to a group of people um, was when I was 16 at a gala dinner. And I actually dug, thank you, Facebook. I actually dug around on Facebook. Um, the picture on the right is me at the gala dinner. Um, but at that dinner, that was, it was a fundraiser dinner, I went a little rogue. And at the beginning of sharing, um, as you can see, we were all like dressed up nice and fancy. At the beginning of sharing, I was tired of wearing high heels. Maybe, maybe some of you have experienced that before. I was tired of wearing my heels, and I got up and I was speaking to about 300 people, and I was feeling pretty nervous. And so I decided, I can't do this. And right on stage, I took off my shoes, and on stage spoke to a crowd of 300 barefoot. And so I'm asking for a little bit of forgiveness today. Um, I'm going a little bit rogue again. Um, when I preach, I like to wander and move. So I hope you're okay if I speak from down here this morning. Um, I like to move. There's a reason I work with kids. Um, and so I'm going to share with you from down here. This morning, I also want to acknowledge that we have some faces in the crowd who are not often with us. As we have heard multiple times this morning, our kids are in the service. So for grade three and up, thank you for joining us. And you guys have a special mission. You guys need to keep track, so hopefully you've got your pen and paper. You need to keep track of the number of times I say a special keyword. Everyone can actually participate in this. I didn't give you all pieces of paper. Oh, somebody found a pen. So every time you hear me say the keyword, you'll put a little tick on your paper. And then at the end of the service, you can tell me how many times I said that keyword. So are you guys ready to hear what the keyword is? Yes. Okay, the keyword that you are listening for is 
good news. Okay? And I have some good news for you. Whoever gets the closest guess to how many times I said good news will get a prize next week. You guys got that? Okay. Depends on, we've got so many pens out here. That's a really important. Thank you for helping your brother out. Before we dive into this text, let's pray together. Lord, as we gather here this morning, help us hear your spirit through my words. So that it is your words and your truths that we take home with us. Help us see you this morning. Help us follow you today. And help us tell others about you wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, we find ourselves on a mountainside. Uh, or at the end of Matthew. And if you are a kid here or are a children's ministry volunteer, you may be saying, we've been on the mountainside a lot. We're studying the Sermon on the Mount. Different time. Maybe the same mountain, both mountains in Galilee. This is actually uh, a mountain in Galilee. Again, don't know if it's the right mountain. Um, but <clears throat> we are in the last chapter of the book of Matthew. I would invite you, if you have your Bibles here, or if I gave you a Bible, uh, to actually open up the text and take a look for yourself. This is the last story from the book of Matthew. So I think it must be pretty important because we inc they included it in, oh, I see some people looking. Just in case you need a reminder, the book of Matthew is in the New Testament, which tells us about Jesus's life. So it's after the Old Testament. It's going to be near the back of the Bible. Oh, later. Hold on. Go. Shh. Secrets. All right, uh, it's near the back of the Bible, and it is one of the Gospels, and Gospels just means good news. And so we're in the Gospel of Matthew at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. In the story, just to put us in context, this is just after Jesus has risen from the dead. So we're at Easter, then after that, he gathers his disciples on a mountainside. And I want to continue that story, but it feels kind of weird to start at the end of the story. So instead, I'm going to start at, I was about to say the beginning, but then you might be scared that we're flipping all the way to Genesis. Not the beginning, at a beginning. As I mentioned earlier, I have often had the opportunity to speak um, and that often has come up at camps. I have many times been the weekly speaker um, at summer camps, and every time, I think, all, I think every time I have spoken at a summer camp, I've always started with the same story. And that story is from the book of John, chapter 1, and it is in verse 43. And I think we have the text. Jesus meets Philip and Nathanael, two friends. And pretty quickly, Philip 
realizes that there is something special about Jesus. He's an intriguing teacher, and he realizes that Jesus is the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. So he goes and finds his friend, Nathaniel. But Nathaniel isn't easily convinced. I actually like to point out that Nathaniel kind of like throws shade at Jesus a little bit. He's like, Nazareth? Does anything good come from Nazareth? But I love what happens next in this text. Philip doesn't try to convince his friend. Philip has told his friend what he has experienced, and then he just says, come and see for yourself. Come and see. So Philip invites his friend Nathaniel just to check it out and to see what Jesus has to say. And sure enough, when Nathaniel goes to see Jesus, he gets hooked. Almost immediately, he's like, I see what you were talking about. I am excited about this Jesus. And so he decides to go with Jesus to keep seeing more of what Jesus is doing. So that's the story that I always like to start with. Now we're going to flip back to the book of Matthew. But instead of being at the end of Matthew, we're going to start at the beginning of Matthew. Matthew 4. And this is another story about Jesus calling his disciples, gathering his friends for the first time. He wants to teach these people about the good news of Jesus, or of himself, of God. So he calls Simon Peter. This is just a a picture um, from a show maybe some of you have seen called The Chosen. He calls Simon Peter and Andrew, and he tells these two fishermen to come and follow me. It's an invitation to learn from Jesus. And Simon Peter and Andrew immediately stopped what they are doing, and they followed him. They responded to Jesus' invitation, and it changed their lives. And they followed him. Through the days, through the weeks, through the years. And after years of seeing Jesus and following Jesus, we come to the end of the book of Matthew. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. The disciples have gone through a lot with Jesus. They saw miracles They followed him different places. They watched him die, and then they witnessed him rise again. And now he's invited 11 disciples, because if you're paying attention, this is after Easter, so Judas isn't following Jesus anymore. He invited the 11 disciples to a mountainside to tell them one last thing. They gather at this mountainside, And some of the disciples are worshiping Jesus. But some of them aren't so sure. They are maybe a little hesitant. The book of Matthew tells us that some of the disciples doubted. But to me, the important part is that the disciples were there. 
Even though they may have had questions, they followed Jesus' instruction and came to see what he had to say. And he had some pretty important things to tell them. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I really like this piece of scripture because sometimes when Jesus speaks, it's a bit confusing. Or he does this other thing where when you ask him a question, he asks you a question back. Or sometimes you ask him a question and instead of just answering the question clearly, he tells a story. And don't get me wrong, those are all beautiful. But I love how clear this piece of scripture is. Go and make disciples. Go and tell people the good news of Jesus. Now, I was thinking about this this week. As I was camping, I was preparing, and I was thinking about the Great Commission. And one day, as I was mulling over this text, I uh, took a break from writing and decided to wash some dishes. Again, as I said, I like to stay busy, keep my hands busy, whatever. Um, And I was asking myself, why do we struggle with the Great Commission? It's so simple. Go and make disciples. Go and tell people. And yet, it's so hard. And so I was considering writing a bit of a, like, snarky sermon on, like, and I... I'll be honest, I was going to call this sermon The Great Suggestion, because sometimes we act like this is just a suggestion, and it's not a command, it's not a a mission that we've been given. And then, as I was washing dishes, I looked down right in front of me, and I saw this. I think there's a picture. I saw this. And you might be like, okay, yeah. Look, you can see in the top, there's my sermon prepping. Uh, You can see that I was washing dishes, okay. I actually brought the towel here because I recognize that this isn't a very good picture. I was using the Superstore towel featuring their famous no-name brand. I see my friend Walter. He's jealous that I have this towel. He wants this one. And uh, it still smells like campfire. Uh, This towel taught me an important lesson. Oh, I will show it to you. It says, it says, towel for the beach. And what you might notice is this is not the beach. I had taken a simple instruction. Use this towel at the beach. And I had immediately ignored it and used it to dry my pots and pans. And so I thought, okay, maybe instead of uh, convicting us and... Um, trying to make us feel bad about the fact that we are bad at following instructions. Maybe I can be a little bit more humble and we can talk about how we can go and tell. Because, see, we're pretty good at following the first two things I've pointed out, the see and follow. We're pretty good at doing those things that Jesus invites us to. If you are here this morning, which 
in case you didn't realize, you are here this morning. Uh, If you're here this morning, you're doing at least one of these things. Maybe you're here for the first time, and you're just seeing what God's doing. Maybe you're here because you've been a little bit curious about what this church thing is. Or maybe you have already decided to follow Jesus, and you are here to be reminded of the good news, of his goodness. You are here to brush shoulders with people who have made the same decision as you. We're pretty good at seeing and following, but we're not always good at doing the last thing, which is telling others. We need to tell others the good news about what God is doing, because in telling them, the Spirit can work through us. See, we aren't the ones who choose how people respond to God. We're not the ones who choose or have a say in how they respond to the good news of Jesus. All we can do is share our experience, and then God gets to work in their lives. I've heard it said before, and I actually tried looking this up on Google to, like, you know, try to properly do citations and stuff. I couldn't find it online, so I don't know who said it. But I heard it said that God works at the speed of obedience. God works at the speed of obedience. So when we obey, when we follow God's instructions, then he can work through us to change others' lives just as our lives have been changed. We are good at seeing and following God, but we aren't supposed to stay in that position of worship. Just like the disciples came to the mountain, and the disciples were used to praising God, to learning from God, to seeing and following, but they weren't supposed to stay there. They were supposed to move from that place on the mountainside and move into action. They are told to tell others so that others can know the good news that they know. And thankfully, we know that the disciples did that. They told their friends and probably even some strangers, the good news of Jesus. And their friends told their friends, and their friends told their friends, and their friends told their friends, and so on and so on and so on, until one day, my friends, a friend of mine told me, and now I get to share that good news of Jesus with you, and you get to share it with others. And that is the good news, that Jesus loves us so much that he wants to change our lives, that God sent Jesus to save us, and Jesus was willing to sacrifice everything because he loves us so much. That is truly good news, and we should share it with everyone. Now, this sounds simple, but it's not necessarily easy. I actually believe that I have it easier than many of you. It's pretty easy for me to share Jesus with others because as soon as somebody asks me, oh, so Sarah, what is it that you do for work? 
Well, let me tell you, I work at this place called St. George's United. Or anytime somebody says, oh, Sarah, what did you do this weekend? I can give them a little brief synopsis of what we learned in children's church that morning. But for all of us, it can be challenging to share the good news with others. And so how can we do that? We actually already know these ways, and I'm just going to remind you of them. The first one that I want to remind us of is making it personal. Remember, Philip went to Nathaniel and told his friend what he had experienced. That's why testimonials work. If you're looking to buy anything, you probably see a testimonial very quickly on the website. Or if you're buying something on Amazon, you're probably scrolling and looking at the reviews. We want to know how a product, how something has changed other people's life. And so when we make it personal, when we say, this is what I've experienced, come and see for yourself, that often actually gets people's attention. Another part is to remember the excitement. So often when we are excited about something, it makes it easier to share with others. When my niece was born, I told everybody I knew, and even some people that I didn't know, that I was an aunt for the first time. Now, 14 years later, I do not lead into conversations with that fact. That would be kind of weird. I mean, my niece Gabby is amazing. Maybe I should tell more people about her. But over time, I've gotten used to the information that Gabby is my niece. It's become normal. And the same thing happens to us when we hear the good news of Jesus. Over time, we get used to hearing the same stories. We get used to seeing God at work in our life. We get desensitized to what God is doing in the world. And so how do we fight back against that? Again, you're already doing it. We practice we practice seeing, and that's something that we do here on Sunday mornings. We practice following, and we practice telling. We all know that practice makes perfect. We all know that just because you can do something or you have been around something doesn't mean it will necessarily happen. I remember the first time my parents bought a treadmill, and I saw this at work. Just because we had a treadmill in our home doesn't mean that it got used. Just because we show up to church on Sundays doesn't mean we are becoming disciples. And you have to be a disciple in order to go and make disciples. And so we have to practice seeing, following, and telling. I did this one time um, at camp last year, I think I've got a picture, where I had the kids practice during the day seeing God at work. And I had them, so we had little pieces of paper, and they said, I saw Jesus at work when, this one says Cammie, and I believe it says, if I remember correctly, I saw Jesus at work when Cammie showed love, patience. I, I saw Jesus at work when Cammie showed patience helping me on low ropes. So each day, each person at camp would write down how they saw God at work. And eventually, by the end of the week, we had over 200 examples of God at work among us. I think we have another picture of that. 
the chain wrapped all the way around our stage, and it was practicing seeing God at work in other people so that we could practice seeing God at work in ourselves. And it is through that practice. So if you want, you can make a chain. I had actually hoped for us to make a chain this morning, um, but our printer uh, was struggling. Um, But you can do this in other ways. Each night before bed, you can practice gratitude and say, thank you, Jesus, for all the things that you've done in my day. You can say, every time you get in the car, you can ask your passenger or ask yourself, how have you seen Jesus at work lately. And the more we practice talking about that, seeing and recognizing Jesus in our life, the easier it gets. The more we notice God at work, the more we will be able to share God at work. We will be able to share the good news of Jesus. And Jesus knew that his disciples could handle this. He knew what he was asking them to do. And he wanted to remind them, go and do these things. But remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the day, age. Whether you're worshiping or whether you're doubting, whether you're checking things out and seeing things for the first time, whether you are following Jesus, or even when you are telling others, Jesus is with you always until the end of the age. And that is the good news of Jesus. So are we ready to take that good news and tell others? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this good news. Thank you that you have demonstrated to us how to share with others. God, thank you that you are at work in our lives so we have personal testimonies that we can share with others. Help us see you at work in our world. Help us follow you and help us have the courage to share the good news of your love, your mercy, and your grace with everyone we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.